Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Bring out the talent. Welcome to Bring Out the Talent, a podcast featuring learning and development experts discussing innovative approaches and industry insights. Tune in to hear our talent help develop yours. Now here are your hosts, TTA's CEO and President Maria Melfa and Talent Manager Jocelyn Allen. If only you could see our guest dance moves. Terry, let me tell you, they're probably the best we've seen yet. I love it. So welcome today, everyone. Yes, very excited to be here. I know we were going a little hard because like my we had this recorded for video. My hair is now stuck to the side because of the headbanging that I was doing to her. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, I think today's going to be a pretty good episode. What do you think, Maria? (laughs) Absolutely. I think we have. Terry, where are you from? I'm just outside of Detroit in Michigan. Okay. You've got some you've got some talent here. You've got some of your teams not too far from me. Yes, absolutely. We have several. And my son actually just graduated from the University of Michigan last week. Go blue. Yes, go, go blue. blue. Go blue. Were you, right. were you here? Did you come and do the commencement thing? He actually did not attend. He went back and forth about doing it because it was, yeah, just, he he is, he majored in sports analytics, which is part of the School of Kinesiology. So they kind of had like a separate thing on one night and then they had the whole big thing, but. So, yeah, so he did not go to the graduation, but. Saved you from having to go yeah, to the graduation. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, absolutely. But we, we had a lot, of, a lot of fun there going to some games. We actually went to the game where Michigan beat Ohio State two years ago on sure. Thanksgiving weekend. You were? Uh, yeah, that, that was amazing. a show. Uh, that was our first game, and we had the best time ever. They, they won for you. Well, thank you for coming. Okay, so let's get started here. Pounding heart, shaking, sweating, quivering voice. No, we are not talking about your first date, but about public speaking or presenting. Many of us have heard that people's number one fear is public speaking and the second is death. But did you know that public speaking is the number one phobia in the world? The good news is that it does not have to be that way. There are very specific, actionable steps you can take to decrease your anxiety about public speaking. In this episode, we will be discussing some of the most common challenges people face when giving presentations and how to overcome them with our special guests coming from Detroit. Go Blue, Terry Bean. Terry is an accomplished public speaker three-time TED Talk speaker, presentation skills coach, and author of Be Connected and Finding Harmony in the F's We Give. (laughs) Terry has helped thousands of individuals and organizations improve their presentation skills and connect with audiences. So whether you're a seasoned presenter looking to take your skill to the next level, or someone who is new to public speaking and feeling a little bit nervous, you won't want to miss this episode. Welcome, Terry. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. Yes, I've been talking you up quite a bit, Terry, so don't let your girl down, okay? Not a chance, lady. Not a chance. I got you, girl. (laughs) No, but in all honesty, very excited to have you here. I love this topic and I love your tactics in kind of tackling the fear that is public speaking. And I know 
that it is a very common fear, but having it be the number one fear in the world, I did not know that. I did not think it was the the one that topped all lists. So that is crazy. So I'm excited to to kind of evolve in this and talk about confidence as it relates to that and how to kind of just like change the game in yourself versus a fear that you overcome kind of thing. So I, I love your approach and we're excited to talk today. And I think that's really where it starts, right? It's got to be inside of us. And whatever that fear is, we've got to acknowledge it, put it in a box, toss it somewhere down the hall and get back to doing things that actually matter. Jerry Seinfeld once quipped and said, people would rather be in the casket than give the eulogy. I mean, it's, it's real. <laughs> and you thought you were afraid of spiders or snakes, but no. Right. <laughs> Seriously. So what are some common mistakes that people often make when giving presentations and where does this fear come from? So the, the, the mistakes people make, and I'll get to the fear part in a minute, but the mistakes people make is they don't own the material. They let the material own them, right? And, and the fear is driven from the idea that we're afraid of people's opinion or thoughts on our performance. And if you're up in front of a group, you might as well be naked, right? They used to talk about picture the audience in their underwear. Well, you already feel like you're stripped down to your underwear. So the judgment and the concern about what other people think gets real. And so when you're up there and you're not only in the material, that shows up like maybe you're standing there reading your slides to a group of people that can obviously read, right? That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Maybe you're fidgeting. Maybe you're doing those vocalized pauses, those ums, those ahs, those having that shortness of breath. All of those things become real challenges and you just look generally uncomfortable. Yes, I certainly have experienced that many times in my lifetime and I still don't really like doing it, so... I see what you're saying. It's funny because of y'all. We've all, all heard about picturing the audience in your underwear, and right. I think I've tried a little bit. I'm surprised that I, I didn't start killing myself laughing when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can get kind of creative <laughs> when you're thinking about stuff like that, right? Purple and lime. And I, Why did you match that together? Right, exactly. And I just always think I was like, that would be the ultimate distraction. That the reason why I would no longer have a fear of public speaking is because I forget that I'm supposed to be public speaking. I'm I'm dealing with wardrobe here. <laughs> you know? so, so where does this fear typically come from? Because like we're like we're this is a little different than public speaking, but we're having fun. We're creating an energy. Like where does the the fear actually come from? I think Don Miguel Ruiz in his famous book, The Four Agreements, and I'm pretty sure it's agreement number three, where he talks about don't take things personally. We assume, and agreement two is don't make assumptions, that people are really that invested in what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're talking about, what we're sharing. When the reality is most people are too busy worrying about their own stuff to even con give a rep about what you're up to or what you're doing. So we, we, we kind of externalize from their perspective. We like allow them to project their stuff on us, but it's not even there. They weren't doing it to begin with. The reality is if you're on stage in front of a group of people, 98% of those people want to see you win. 
They don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you fall on your face, but we get it set in our mind that we've all got these haters and these people that, that are wanting to see us drop. And, and that doesn't really exist. Fantasize about it, but it's really a thing. I think that's absolutely accurate. And I think that that's life in general. We always assume that people can see what we don't want them to see or are viewing something from a particular standpoint. So like that new outfit that you're trying to wear, nobody knows that you never tried to wear that before. Like that one thing that goes wrong at your wedding. Tell me who's actually paying attention to that kind of stuff. It's the same thing with public speaking and and the lack of control we feel like we don't have or the lack of control we feel like we have when actually we're in control of 100% of it. How can someone overcome that nervousness and anxiety when speaking in public? What are some tactics to kind of get over that first hump of nerves? Well, we'll talk about practice more, I'm sure, but that's, that's the starting point. Well, actually, the starting point is knowing your material, right? If you can speak on things that you're already comfortable with, that when you're in front of a group of 100 people emphatically, that 97 of those people don't know as much about the topic as you do, that really, really helps, right? Because now you're the expert. So start by speaking on things where you're the subject matter experts for sure. And then practice, right? Get out and do a couple of dry runs. I, I joke all the time. I give presentations frequently that maybe I created, right? I made the deck, but I don't run through them because I have this undeniable faith and trust that the right words are going to fall out of my face in the right order at the right time. So you've got to, you've got to develop that trust in you. Very true. I know sometimes uh, my worst presentations were where I wrote a bunch of information down, just kind of like what you were saying in the beginning and just reading a lot from the slides where when I stopped actually prepping for a lot of meetings, maybe I did a couple little bullet points because it was information that I felt comfortable with, then it was obviously much more genuine and I felt more comfortable. It's so, like programming your brain or reminding yes. your brain to talk about what you already know. Yeah. So you're, you're organizing your flow because I also like the way that I work is that because I know that I have everything, if I don't bulletize it, I'm like brain dumping. I'm throwing everything all at once and it's an unorganized kind of chaos and in, in my delivery. So I, yeah, I, I think that that approach has helped me a lot too in organizing. Well, I still do unorganized chaos, but <laughs> I know. It's my favorite kind of chaos. Yeah, no, exactly. Who the heck wants organized chaos? That doesn't feel chaotic Exactly. At all. Well, the problem now is we all have 5 million bits of information in our brain and it just all kind of leaking out. So I think that's, that's kind of a hard thing. And I feel like so many times when you talk about something, it leads to something else. So, yes. So what techniques could someone use? What technique, what advice do you give them to help engage the audience? Well, as far as engaging the audience goes, if you have the opportunity to have a, a slide deck behind you, use it, right? And use imagery that's going to reinforce your message. Don't write your entire message on the slide. Death by PowerPoint is the number one killer in business presentation, 
right? And and I don't mean killer like, hey, you really killed it. I mean, you died, right? <laughs> it was suicide instantly. So I, I talk about the idea of, I use Canva a lot to build presentations and Canva's got some great images. They also have some really cool elements like kind of outlines and shadows of images. Creative Commons from Google is a good way to get some free images, royalty-free images as well. You can also just Google royalty-free images and their softwares that show up that some you pay for, some you don't. But you want to let that enhance the story. You also want to make sure that when you're up there, you're changing your vocal characteristics. Maybe you speak a little louder. Maybe you speak a little faster. Maybe you drop your voice down a little bit and speak a little lower and slower, right? And change that up, change that pitch because it draws people in. I'm a big fan of humor. So I, <laughs> I try and be funny every now and again. And I'm also a big fan of stats and facts and information that blows people's mind a little bit. I like that about changing things up. Speaking of changing things up, did you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? I've seen it a few times. I'm not, I, <laughs> I, I can't say that I'm a fan, but I, I love watching Larry David because his mind just works so differently. <laughs> yes. Well, they actually just had an episode about this this woman named Maria Sophia. Oh, man. <laughs> it's very funny to watch this it's, episode. Terry. It's the last season and she kind of blackmailed Larry about being in one of his shows and every single line she does is with a different accent. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. So, so good. that's it. Maybe that's going to engage so, so I know. Right. So I think I might try that. I like Talk that. about confidence. Exactly. Speaking, right? Yes. That's amazing. We just, I'm a huge, huge Simpsons fan. I've been watching it since literally day one. And we watched a Simpsons short on Disney Plus where they did Baby Yoda and new Star Wars stuff with the Simpsons. And the only voice actor in it was Hank Azaria. And so I was like, I, I know Hank does a few voices. I think he does like 15. Yeah. We, we Googled it last night. He does 21 different voices. Oh, isn't that wow. crazy? That's too? amazing. He's, not, he's, a, he's a great actor, but he's not in a like ton of stuff in the way that others are who have been around for as long as he is. So it is, it's like, it's very cool. Cause he did, he did a lot on like family guy and stuff like that too. He's very much a voice actor and I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. So like funny. Eddie Murphy. Yes. Eddie yeah. Murphy does a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The first time you saw Coming to America and then you watch the credits, you're yes. like, wait, see, was this? And this, like, and right. that, and this <laughs> Actually, my husband and I just watched that for probably our 20th time just a few weeks ago. It was on TV. So good. It is. It is so <laughs> good. I love movie. it. Number two was really good as well. I heard that and we keep on forgetting to watch it. We have to watch it. I haven't seen the second one yet, but I know I heard that it was that people really loved it. So I, I got to do the same thing. Look, there's no way it's going to hold up. And honest to God, it held up. (laughs) That's always great. Yeah. So another way of something that always has come up, I think, when we talk about public speaking, especially in confidence and confidence related to it is body language and that type of like nonverbal communication, because 
I mean, I've been, I did like theater in high school. So like it was always, you know, during auditions, the one thing they always told you is like, don't cross your arms and don't put your hands in your pocket. Like make sure even if you don't know what to do, you're doing something. And customer service, like don't cross your arms. It sends the wrong message. So like, what about public speaking? What are people doing wrong there? What should they be doing to create that engagement, deliver the right message? There's a lot of layers with nonverbal communication here too, right? I I got feedback. I gave a I gave a presentation years ago and the lady that organized the event called me on stage before everyone was seated and said, "You see this mark in this mark? I want you to know two things. One, this is where the camera is, right? We're broadcasting live globally, so you have to stay here for the camera. But more importantly, you have to stay here because you meander, you wander, you walk aimlessly and you're not doing it with emphasis and i was like wow that was like a the most direct critique i think i've ever gotten in my life and very helpful so you have to be kind of mindful what we do with our hands right i i i grew up thinking i was half italian i'm adopted so i have no proof what i am so i'm like throwing my hands all over the place and and then most importantly those vocal characteristics are the things that matter What I tell people is two things. Number one, record yourself. Watch it with you and then watch it with a loved one who you actually respect, who will offer you feedback and opinions that you'll take to heart, right? Because if it drives them nuts, it probably drives somebody else nuts. You're also going to see things that bug you. So make note of those and then work on it. The second thing I tell people is watch other presenters. Figure out what you like, what you dislike, and create your own style, your own vibe as a result of that. TEDx Talks is a great way to do that. Very cool. Yeah, I, I again, like all those kind of tactics that I mentioned, it really does change the way like your message is delivered. And I also appreciate direct feedback because if you can't hear it from somebody in that way that's meant to like help you then like there's I don't know there's a bigger problem there too and we got to kind of start with the foundations what about preparing what are some strategies for the prep and practice of a a presentation because we touched on it a little bit before that sometimes less is more but what about for really hardy presentations are there different tactics depending on what you're doing So I'm in the habit of, I'll take a a Google slide deck, I'll open 30 slides, I'll write a word or six on each slide, and then I'll go find an image that represents that, that talking point. And then I'll figure out what the two or three talking points that need to go into it. Because I'm a, I'm a bullet point like you, Jocelyn, I'm a bullet point thinker. If I were to sit down and write everything out. I would be so concerned about making sure I said all the things I wrote out that adds a level of stress that adds a lot of preparation to try and memorize it. And there's no chance that even in a short 10 to 15 minute presentation, you're not going to screw something up. The fun thing we were talking about it earlier, it's like when you paint the living room, you've all painted the living room, right? And You're looking in that one spot in the corner where there's the extra glob of paint. You're like, oh my God, this looks horrible. Nobody's looking in the corner. Nobody will have any clue that you screwed up. Only you know that. 
So accept it and just move on like it never happened. Yep. Agreed. I think sometimes to a point that you made where you'd be so concerned about saying every single thing that you wrote down, sometimes I feel like that gets me more on a rambling path because then as I'm, because I was thinking these things as I wrote them for the presentation in free thought and pulling my knowledge, I'm bound to pull something else out while I'm reading the slide back and saying, oh yeah, and this, and this, and this, that I forgot when I was writing all of this down. So now I'm saying three times as many things. Conciseness is always something that I could work on anyway, but let alone presentation where I've put too much information on the PowerPoint. I, I get that. Absolutely. If you have a sentence with three ands, it's no longer a sentence. That's You wouldn't believe how good I am at punctuation specifically so that I avoid the ands, yet I still have the longest sentence on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> so give us a fun example of how you use visual aids in a presentation. I try and do things that either complement or completely distract, right? I had a presentation where one of the lines in there is be more flexible. And the whole section is about how to be flexible in thought and approach and all this stuff. And the image that I have is a woman who's doing a national yoga competition she is bent over at the waist and basically twisted around 180 degrees. So her feet are facing forward. You can see the back of her torso and she spun around where her shoulders are almost reversed. And it's, it's just such a glaring image. I use another one where there's a lady bent over doing a forward tuck. She's holding on to her foot with her other leg over her back folded, right? So giving real examples of people being flexible because those things stand out and they help you really reinforce the message. That's a good bless idea. The, yeah, yeah, and God bless those flexible yes, folks. Like, even the way you described that hurt me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I kind of want to share the slides with you so you can put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't do enough visual aids in our company meeting, so we'll have to start. You're pretty entertaining, though, we'll, right? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, do do so, things, we'll do a lot I of mean, funny ones. You've pulled out an accordion yeah, or two. Yeah, I mean, I'd yeah. call that an aid. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have some good fun, fun pictures. But <laughs> So when you're working with an individual, what tips do you tell them to do to help them deliver a very clear and concise message? I help them strip down the things that they're going to say, right? To really focus on the main points. Oftentimes, and I do it myself, right? We'll, I'll, I'll talk for 20 minutes, but only nine of it was really useful, right? So I try and help them get that message to, to Jocelyn's point earlier, as concise as possible. The other thing I want people to do is use stories that are relatable to their audience. So if you're speaking to an association that you're a member of or a chamber that you're a member of, you have things in common. So talk about the restaurant that's in the area, shared experience, food, right? If you're talking about music, take the Beatles. People usually like the Beatles and there's a shared experience. But we ultimately, we want to paint a picture 
that the audience can see themselves in. And that really helps drive the message and reinforce it inside of their head as well. I like it. Yeah, Maria was asking for a friend on that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> was me. I'm a friend. <laughs> no, those are really uh, good tips because I think like is so this is kind of like a, a one off to that. Is there a necessity during presentations to have a little bit of that, like what I call it is fluff, because isn't that part of engagement or is that been my problem the whole time and I just need to be concise? <laughs> no, I think it, I think as long as that fluff is relatable, right? And, and if it's even remotely value add, people will sit and listen and pay attention and God forbid, even take notes if you're <laughs> doing these things the right way. Right. So it's one of those things where you have to, you have to walk that fine line. You mentioned the word rambling earlier. And when you get to the point in your head that, oh my God, am I rambling? The answer is yes, a hundred percent. And you've been rambling and they knew you were rambling before you even figured it out. So it, you have to quiet all the different noise in our, in your head and, and say, okay, wrap this up, wrap this up. And so. I talk about being mindful of that wrap this up voice, because if you're hearing it, it should be like the Oscars music playing you off the stage. <laughs> the hook's coming. <laughs> yeah. I made the, I made the hook motion with the Oscar music. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could definitely relate to rambling. <laughs> so if I'm thinking, oh my gosh. I rambled this whole presentation. It was probably a lot worse than I heard people thought that like 10 minutes ago is basically what Terry said. I know. Well, everybody gets to finish and answer all their emails while I'm rambling on. So I give them that extra break. <laughs> I Well, and I'm, believe me, I'm a huge fan of the sound of my own voice. I'm not even using a mic to illustrate That's... how much I like the sound. <laughs> And, and so I, I, I relate to this all too well. It's, I had a, a business coach 15 years ago that said something and I was like, damn, that was really insightful. He said, you need to remember this. If you spot it, you got it. And I was like, well, that's a good line. <laughs> and so it is. It's absolutely. What about for presentations that are maybe a little bit more interactive in a sense. So like there's Q&A involved and things like that, or it's, it's an open format. How does somebody manage curveballs if they come about? Like you expect certain questions, but what about difficult questions as it relates to a presentation and still maintaining the flow that we work so hard to, to create? So I look at those as, a, as an opportunity to do one, two or three things, right? If it's a legitimate question and, and, and it's sincere, right, answer it directly and, and get to the point. If it's somebody trying to throw a curveball and being kind of jerky, that's almost like heckling at a comedy show as far as I'm concerned. And if you ever watch a good comedian, they handle the hecklers enough that there's no more heckling through the day. So if you can pull that off and you have the wit to do so, it's okay to put somebody in their place a little bit, especially if they're being adversarial to start with. The final thing is that I do is I'll usually say, oh, that's an interesting question. I really haven't thought about that. Can we talk about that off stage? 
can we can we come back to this at at the end of the presentation? I'd like to discuss this further. So you can buy yourself a little time with the that's an interesting question. And then that gives you the ability to have the back of your brain formulate that answer that you can spit out. And if that's not coming, you can invite them into a deeper conversation later. So you acknowledged it and addressed it and didn't have to say anything to ruin what you were doing. Okay, so Terry's telling us we should start making fun of the person that is asking us difficult questions. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for it. <laughs> Six months. It reminds what you were saying reminded me of something of like a, one of my sister's friends. It was she had her birthday in March, and I met them there. Somebody at the party said something like absolutely like out of line to her, thinking that they were funny, and she responded by going, "Oh, that's an inside thought, not an outside thought." That's <laughs> way to put somebody in their place and be like, "Oops, I got you. Don't do that." That's perfect. That is, I, I was love like, that. I can't wait yeah. for the opportunity to use that, but nobody's given it to me yet. I'll, so. I'll, I'll make sure I do so. Oh, thank you, Terry. Appreciate you. <laughs> so back to Detroit sports. So the that weekend that I went to the Michigan Ohio State game. So we actually. The first night we went to the Michigan basketball game. Then we went on Thanksgiving to the Detroit Lions game, which was fantastic. We had so much fun. And then we went to the Michigan-Ohio State game on Saturday. So it was a lot of fun. Do you go to the Detroit Lion games? I, I've been to a few. I, okay. I, I'm one of those people that I like football so much. I don't yeah. want to be around thousands of people to watch football yes. because they get in my way. Yes. So, but yeah, I've been, I've been to Ford Field a handful of times to watch games and I've been to the big house at University of Michigan a few times. And, and it is, it is an experience in both places. And I, Detroit's finally got something to root for, it looks yes, like. So it's, a, it's an exciting time in this area, for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. Well, we had it in Boston for many years, and now we we, we kind of don't. I mean, the Bruins just lost. And, yeah. Which We're was taking very a break. upsetting. <laughs> and the Celtics, my, my over here. son was very upset about the Celtics loss last night. So. Didn't but they're all, still playing. Didn't the yes. Celtics, the 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 Bruins, the Red Sox, and the Pats all win a championship in in one one year? I think it was over. Yes, I should know this. I think yeah, I think it was over like two years. But it's, it's I know. Amazing. I mean, we've been so lucky, obviously. You know, with mm -hmm. the Patriots too and Tom Brady. But that's a that's a whole nother story. So yes. Okay. Well, yes, that's <laughs> yes. for sure. Very spoiled. So, Terry, as we wrap up, yes. what are some ways that we can continue to improve our presentation skills over time? My number one answer for this is if you want to be a better speaker, speak more. Right? Volunteer to present in front of your team. Volunteer to go put an event together at your local library. Ask your Chamber of Commerce, ask your Rotary or Kiwanis Club. They're always looking for presenters. Let people know that you want to present. And then if you really want to be serious about it, join a group like Toastmasters, and they will bust your butt to make you a better speaker. 
So there's all kinds of ways to do it, but it starts with reps, right? Build the muscle of speaking and you'll actually get better at it. Practice makes perfect, as they say. As Hell, they it's all say. this time. Mm-hmm. Although, I, I, in one shout out to Toastmasters, the, the real truth about practice makes perfect is perfect practice makes perfect, right? We can practice the wrong stuff. I still mm-hmm. ski in golf exactly like I did when I was 12 years old. I have not gotten <laughs> any better at either one of those things. And I have practiced numerous times, but I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but boy, do you enjoy it. And you have a lot of tenacity, right, Terry? That's exactly right. I can fall down with the best of them. <laughs> and that's just um, on the golf course. Right? <laughs> Outstanding. Well, I think now is a perfect time to segue this fun and laughter into our fun and laughter segment, although this whole episode has been. But David... I think you might have some music because it's time for the TTA 10. It's the TTA 10, 10 final questions for our guest. All right, Terry, Mr. Bean, if you will. We talked about this before we started recording the TTA 10. I've got 10 fun questions to ask you to get to know you a little bit better and put some more playfulness on the end of the episode. The goal is to answer these questions as quickly as possible in 90 seconds or less. And depending on whether you achieve that status or not, David will follow up with some noise for you and it'll be a good time. Can I ask one question? I mean, that this is how you're going to get to the TTA 12, but sure, let's go for it. Can I, well, I guess it's two because I already asked one. Uh, <laughs> has anybody done it in 90 seconds? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's very achievable. Very achievable. Very good. All right, David, time on the clock, please. Yes, Jocelyn, per usual, we are placing 90 seconds on the TTA 10 clock, starting right now. All right, Terry, what was the last movie that you watched? Last movie I watched? Ooh, crap. Uh, I think it was uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Okay, what is six plus two? Eight. What would you say is your greatest inspiration? Serving other people and having them recognize they've been stirred. My kid's selling raffle tickets, so how many are you buying? Seven. How do you take your coffee? I don't. Oh, all right. Which is your favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Kauai, Hawaii. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Keep your highs low and your lows high. What is Scooby-Doo's favorite food? Scooby snacks. Not to be confused with Terry Bean, what's your favorite flavor of jelly bean? Oh, you like watermelon quite a bit. The genie has come to grant you three wishes. What's your first one? I got to be selfish and take the $100 million. Right. Well, David, that is 10 questions. So can you give us a verdict on the time, please? Yes, indeed. The TTA 10 staff is doing the calculations right now. (laughs) And... (laughs) 
Terry comes in at 62 seconds, well under Whoa. the threshold. Uh, he is. Champion of the champions. Right? I don't know if that's a coffee one. question. You all didn't see that answer coming. I did. Oh, I, I, me I knew it was going to happen one of those, one of these days. I don't like, drink I'm going to be that person and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know you don't. I would have asked the tea question for yeah. you, Terry. But yeah. Sure. yeah. Anyway. Right, like hey. Well, well, to salute Mr. Terry Bean, we must call on another native of Detroit. Some call him Marshall Mathers. Some call him Slim Shady. And therefore, we say today... Now, everybody out there from the 313, put your hands in the air and follow me. Everybody out there from the 313, put your hands up in the air and follow me. Now look, look, Mr. Terry Bean, this man stands tough. Notice the way he got our hands up. He's a slick talker, eloquent, the stage is a scene. Got stage fright, feeling tight? Call Terry Bean. And the love of East Michigan, he's a speaking vigilante, a legend that grew from here to Ypsilanti. The audience looks on and you feel like a wreck, but here comes Terry Bean with a slick slide deck. Don't take the podium like a bumbling jamoke. Terry Bean's got some memes. Terry Bean's got jokes. So if your palms are sweaty, your knees weak, your arms are heavy, get your butt to Coach Bean and you're better already. Slay your fears, kill your tears, and impress your peers. Mr. Bean will let you lay down six stories for years. Sound fair? (laughs) Time to share. Grab your mic and get there. No need to see the crowd in their underwear. Terry Bean is pure zen. He's always been. He's got a voice that's even mightier than the pen. A leader of men. Rocket feud like John Glenn. And today, he's a champion of the TTA 10. Yeah. Oh, my God. David, that was the best yet. Oh, my God. Goodness, Terry! I mean, you you're a rapper too. That was the most impeccable. <laughs> what can I say? I got the music in me. Well, we have to just send Terry that latest part over there so he can play that. He could put it on his profile. Oh, oh my! Please, God. that's that's on, my TGS new entrance Connect. music. Are you kidding? Me? I was gonna you say that's gonna be how Terry walks TGS out Connect on stage. Video. That oh was the best goodness. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I am so glad that I didn't waste time with those answers because we oh would have missed that. Oh, my God. No, he would have still rapped, but it would have been um, not celebrating you, probably. He was re- <laughs> David has been ready to rap since he heard Detroit in the first <laughs> 30 seconds of our conversation. 313, yo. <laughs> That was fantastic. Respect. Oh, oh my Thank God. You. What up, Unbelievable. though? Well, both of you have outdone yourselves, yes. uh, Terry and David here today. So, Terry, thank you for a really, really fun conversation and even a, a great TTA 10 and really great tips for public speaking. Appreciate your time. This was a lot of fun. That was a total blast, Terry. Totally enjoyed getting if you're interested in bringing confidence in public speaking to your organization with Terry, visit us at thetrainingassociates.com. We'll see you later.